Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today's episode 121, continuing our journey through the Gospels. Today we are titling this episode, Jesus Walks on Water and the Bread of Life. All right. All right. So, uh, so a question for you. Uh, what uh, is one lesson you had to learn the hard way? Lesson you had to learn the hard way. Okay. Uh, what immediately comes to mind is probably my most embarrassing moment of my life and the lessons I learned from that. Pray tell. Okay. So, <laughs> and they have been lessons that I've had to continue to, they're related to. And if you've listened to this episode or this podcast for any amount of time, you know, these are Carolyn's life lessons. So, um, at in college public speaking class, I had a speech. So I'm all dressed up. I have, they weren't high heeled shoes, but a little higher heel than I usually wear. They also were an old pair of shoes. So they, I have a tendency to walk on the outside of my feet. The heels were a little worn down. Anyway, have my lunch, eat it. And then I'm hurrying. Hurrying is a key component <laughs> to get to class, uh, for my speech. And I'm going across the tile floor, carrying my tray with my dishes, which were real dishes at the time. I think Taylor now uses plastic dishes, maybe because of me, <laughs> because I slipped and fell. I didn't just like drop my tray. I totally wiped out like oh, wow. on the ground, dishes crashing, breaking all around. In my head, my memory is that there was this collective gasp, which I don't know if that was true. <laughs> In my head, it was. Right. And so then I just scramble, 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 put all the dishes back on the tr- broken pieces as best I can, the big chunks on the tray, throw it up on the conveyor belt. I ran into the kitchen and said, there's a spill and somebody's going to have to clean it up. And then I bolted out <laughs> of the dining commons and to class. My adrenaline, adrenaline was pumping so much, gave the speech. It wasn't until after class, I'm walking back when I realized my hand was bleeding and had a piece of glass lodged oh, wow. in my hand like so it was utterly embarrassing but some lessons I learned one hustle and hurry helps no one (laughs) and and even and and I do think that that is a lifelong like there were so many ways I could have avoided that uh, but you know put myself in a position where I was hustling and hurrying and utterly embarrassed. So anyway, that is a long story, but that was first thing I thought of. Okay. All right. All right. Well, for me, um, I, I think it has to do with communication. So, uh, I, uh, one, uh, one Christmas, uh, Tanya and I, we had, I think Marvin at the time we went to Chicago to a friend's, um, a friend's Christmas kind of play program kind of things. Good friend of mine. And, um, and Tanya assumed um, that I was getting her like this this really big present because you know I commented on her nails, I commented on her hair, and I I was like really adamant about her coming to this thing, and so she is thinking that this is going to be like a surprise for her. Oh. So we get there, and you know there are all kinds of big. Um, present boxes and she's thinking, you know, one of those are for me. And so so literally, literally it it was, and and it's a longer story. It it really would take her to tell the story. Um, But I never, again, I never like, like I was practicing 
what I was supposed to practice. I'm commenting on your, yes. your nails. I'm commenting on your hair. I'm commenting on how good you look. That's just what you do. And, um, and ultimately, um, she was so disappointed it, because her expectations none of it, were far yeah, exactly, higher. Exactly. Oh, EHR, yes. right? No, like, like none of it was for her. It was just going to support <laughs> a friend. <laughs> and so she bawled and bawled and bawled because I, I think I was probably sending signals yeah. that, um, that, she misconstrued mm -hmm. and I probably could have done a better job in communicating. And so anyway, we, we, we resolved it, but I think the lesson is being able to uh, communicate clearly, um, manage expectations mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. so that there's not this, you know, not this disappointment. And so, um, so a, a lesson learned and mm -hmm. I'm learn yes. how to communicate a lot yes. better, w but why are we talking about this? Because, uh, why we're talking about this because is is Jesus in this episode actually uses one thing to actually teach the disciples something else, a lesson mm. that somehow they are not getting, um, even though Jesus has been with them a while now, and he is he is trying to teach them over and over again uh, a lesson. And, um, and this particular episode, uh, this miracle, if you will, he finally, again, tries to teach them again because they didn't quite understand something. So, mm -hmm. so let's, let's dive in, let's dive in to see how they learn a lesson the hard way and how we might learn, uh, how we might learn from that. Yes. So setting the scene, we, this does come right after the feeding of the 5,000 the feeding of the 5,000 that we talked about, talked about in the last episode. And again, remember they were, uh, Jesus' disciples are tired. So he sends them on ahead. Hey, yep. you get in the boat, you go on ahead. He's going to take some time to himself, but he also, you guys just get on out of here. I'll take care of, you know, dismissing the people. Um, and then, uh, so they're out there and Jesus is um, from the shore, sees that they are struggling. Some waves have come up. It's very, the sea is very tumultuous and he walks out on the water to them and they freak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's pause there. And what are some things that we can can get from yeah, this already? I, I, I think there, um, there, there are a couple of things that um, one of the gospel writers said that uh, I think it may have been Matthew. They 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 get in the boat, and then he makes this parenthetical statement that Jesus hadn't joined them yet. And so I think sometimes we can, you know, Jesus gives us an assignment, and it feels like he hasn't joined us yet. It feels like he's not present with us. There's this distance, and it feels like, and it seems like every time Jesus is distant from the disciples. They either panic or they mm -hmm. have some sort of meltdown in um, in 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 the in in to boot, and so so Mark says Jesus is on the mountain and um, and he's there to pray, and so the disciples go and they are rowing to the other side, and all of a sudden a storm happens, a storm arises, and they are struggling. Um, to get across, uh, to get across the lake, and um, sometimes, and I, I, here's another point: that sometimes obedience to Jesus 
um, actually leaves us in chaotic and struggling situations. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, oh, I, I've, I've come to Jesus. I'm obeying Jesus and everything is going to be okay. Sometimes, sometimes the, the, uh, our obedience to Jesus leaves us right in the middle of a storm. And, um, and obviously we'll talk a little bit about what may be some of the reasons for that. But again, Jesus is on the mountain. They're struggling. He sees them Mm -hmm. from the distance. They're about two to three miles into the, into their, um, into their trek across the, the lake and the middle Mark says the middle part of the night the third, uh, the fourth, third or fourth watch. So it's the darkest part of the night and Jesus sees them. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's amazing that though they can't see him, um, he does in fact see them. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fact that in the darkest part of our lives, darkest part um, of our situation that we have a God who actually still sees us uh, when we're, when we're struggling. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're out there. They are, they're like really, really not making any appreciable progress. They're struggling. And and I so adding to that, the, he saw them. I love um, I heard a teaching of Beth Moore where she talked about and it is in Mark. Mark uses the phrase they were in the middle of the lake. Jesus comes to them in the middle and she was speaking at some kind of benefit for uh, a woman who had, was having some kind of health Christ, it was like a benefit dinner. So she was, this woman was in the middle of this health concern. And she gave this story and then multiple other stories of how God meets us in the middle. She literally looked up that phrase in the middle through the Bible and saw um, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites are crossing the Jordan River, they make a, a pile of stones as a memorial to remember that God was with them in the middle of the river. And uh, previous episode, we talked about how Jesus heals uh, the woman who just reached out for the edge of his cloak in the middle of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And and here we have Jesus coming to them. He sees them and he meets them right in the middle Love it. of their trouble. And there may be some of us who are listening right now and we feel like we are in the middle. We don't, it's been going on for so long. We don't see the end. We're right in the middle of something, whether that's financial, relational, health, it could be anything. We're in the middle and that's right where Jesus meets us. Yeah, that, listen, that, that will preach every day, 24, yeah. 24 hours a day. And um, so right in the middle, Jesus does something unusual mm-hmm. and you hinted at it earlier. He does something unusual, something that they're not expecting. Um, what does he do? He, he comes walking right out. He doesn't take the next <laughs> boat. He's just walking on the water. Yeah, incredible. Obviously, something um, when we teach the elementary kids, we define a miracle as something only God can do. Yeah, yeah. And this is one, yeah. Only yeah. God can walk on water. We can't walk on water. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is such a, this, this, you know, there's, um, you know, he's he's walking on the water, but in the ancient times, um, individuals thought that the sea, uh, when it, when it stormed like that and was tumultuous, it was, it was chaos. It represented Mm. chaos. And so, so right now we, we see the disciples not only in a chaotic situation on the sea, 
but they're also experiencing chaos in their hearts. And so Jesus comes walking on the very chaos that they are fearing. And again, it's uh, it's another point for us is that we have a God who walks, who treads on the sea, as Job says. Mm-hmm. He treads on our chaos. He treads on the the uh, the tumult, as as some writers would say. And um, and Jesus is again showing himself to be something other than a great prophet and a great teacher, a great rabbi. And uh, he comes walking on the water and they say, yay, right? No, (laughs) no, they are utterly terrified Terrified. by it, terrified by it. And think, who is this? Literally asking that. They think he's a ghost. Yeah. 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 They have no understanding. Um, I actually want to ask you a question. So in Mark, he includes an interesting, interesting detail and really kind of confusing where he says Jesus wanted to pass on by them. That doesn't seem yeah. very nice or yeah, that, Jesus-like. No. <laughs> so what, what is going on there? What is the, why, what well, does that even and, mean? And this is, this is part of the crux of the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach the disciples. Um, even though, you know, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll see a little bit of that at the end as well. He, it, this is a reference back to um, the the passage where where Yahweh wants to pass by Moses hmm. um, because Moses really cannot fully experience the glory of God, and so he says, "Okay, I'm just going to pass by you so you can see the backside of um, of my glory." And so I think Jesus is attempting to help them recognize that he is more than what they think he is. Hmm. He is not a revolutionary. He is not there to overthrow Rome. He is not there for political power. He he is trying to get them to understand he is the Lord of creation. He is the Lord of it all. He's been showing it in his healings. He's been showing it in a number of different ways, uh, showing it even in the multiplication of the loaves. Mm-hmm. Um And he is trying to get them to understand that he is, in fact, everything he's been telling them that he is. And um, and so I think he he wants them to understand that. And they're they're missing it at every pass. Uh, Jesus comes flipping through and like, you know, in gymnastics, I'm a gymnastics dad now. Every pass he's like, whoa, I'm trying to get you to see who I am. And they miss it again. Mm. And so I think there, there's this walking past, a reference to the Old Testament, that he is in fact God mm. um, and not just another good prophet, not just another religious leader, but he is in fact God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Matthew describes an element of this scene as well that involves Peter. Okay. Yep. That Peter says, Jesus, I would like to join you and... Jesus says, yeah, come on out. And so Peter walks on the water for a few steps, then gets, I I mean, I could just admit, this is what I would be thinking, like, oh, wait a second, (laughs) I I can't do this. And he starts sinking, reaches out to Jesus again, and he is able to to walk. We often, when we hear this story, think of, oh, Peter, he didn't have faith and he looked away and he looked at the circumstances. He forgot to look at Jesus and, uh, and kind of like viewing it as a negative example. Right. Of I Peter. love your I love your insight on this. But I heard uh Christy McClellan speak on this passage and I loved this and I did 
ask you about it because I was like, okay, is this? Because I do think this is, well, it's much more honoring of Peter. And I think yeah. it is an important lesson for us. So she made the point, um, Jesus was a rabbi and these are his Talmudim, his followers. And one of the key uh, components of being a following your rabbi is literally following in their footsteps, getting the dust from yeah. the road is on you because you are following your rabbi so closely, your teacher so closely, so that Christy made the point that this is actually an invitation to all of the disciples. Jesus is walking yeah, yeah. across and they should all be jumping out of the boat to follow in his footsteps. And yet it's only Peter yeah. who yeah. steps into that. Yeah. Um, it really is a story of his courage and not his faltering. And yeah. then it, it makes us ask the question, am I a participant or am I just a spectator? Am I seeing Jesus walk on by? Oh, that's nice. You know, or, oh, that some, some good teaching there. And, oh, yeah, that makes me feel good to know that Jesus is with, or am I actually following him so closely and courageously in yeah. this case that I'm willing to step in to a circumstance that is wildly out of my control? Yeah, that, that is, is such, a, such a, a great point. It does honor Peter and again. Man, I don't know about you, but there it's like, ah, would I, eh, I'm going to follow Jesus for the good stuff, but I'm, I'm really struggling to follow him in the dark on the chaos. Yeah. And, um, and yet this, um, you know, Peter says, Hey, if that's really you, if you're really our rabbi, then, you know, permit me to come, uh, to come to you. And so, um, I, I would hope that I would be as courageous as Peter, but I think many times I'm probably like the other 11 who just kind of stay in the boat and like, play ah, I don't, yeah, play it safe. I don't know God. And so I think it's an invitation even today, uh, for us not to play it, play it safe, not to play small ball, but to actually say, nope, we're gonna, you know, we're going to get the dust in this case, the water mm -hmm. on our clothes, because we're, we're attempting to follow our rabbi, even, um, over the chaos in the darkness when, um, when we're, when we're frightened and, and afraid. So, um, so I think, I think you're the insight there really, really good. And it's another level. It's another level of what it means to be a disciple. This is so, so we, we look at, this is the curriculum. The curriculum is walk on the water, do something that is uh, for the sake of the kingdom that may not be as safe as you think it is, uh, as you want it to be. And so I think I think we misunderstand the curriculum sometimes. We think it's like, oh, just pray a nice prayer. But really, when we follow Jesus, we're following him into chaos. We're following him into suffering. Yeah. We don't like to hear that. But that's a part of what it means to be a disciple. And Peter gives us a good example. Even though he sinks when he sees, we ought to, we ought to hold him up pretty highly because he at least had the courage to get out the boat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Then we, we do want to talk about the next little um, teaching that John covers. Well, and I do just have to point out, John 6, 21 it says when Jesus got in the boat, immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Right, that's right. cool. <laughs> like that should get its own little, that's yeah, a miracle yeah, in and of itself. Exactly. Boom, all of a sudden they're where they wanted to go. And again, it, it just goes to show you um, <laughs> when, you know, there is, um, Jesus is always inviting us yeah. to invite him into the boat. And uh, when we do, 
we'll get to where he wants us to go. Yeah. Not necessarily where we want to go, but yeah. where he wants us to go. I love it. So then he goes on to talk about himself as the bread of life. And we for sure need to make the connection back to last episode of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, even the uh, disciples recognize, wait, I, there's something we don't quite get. So he is unpacking that for them. And he describes himself as the bread of life. So let's get into that just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, again, we, we see in this, um, what you know, this combining these two stories, we see people following Jesus mm -hmm. after the feeding of the 5,000 because they want more bread. Yeah. They, they want more food. Like, like, Hey, this is, this is like a year long supply of food. You know, when you win something on a game show, it's like, you know, and this, and Chick Jesus, for Chick life. yeah, check for life for life. So, uh, so Jesus is kind of that for them. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and let me, let me say there is, there is nothing wrong with uh, with these individuals following Jesus for physical the physical food. Jesus often says, "Hey, even James talks about it. Like, how can you say, you know, brother, be warmed and fill, and not really give them what they mm -hmm. what they need?" So I think Jesus is doing something here. He's yes, feeding them, but he gets an opportunity while he's feeding them to actually talk to them, uh, talk to them about spiritual things. He use, he often uses physical things to get the, to mm -hmm. get to talk about the spiritual things. So just like you're getting life and bread is your sustenance. It is, it is the thing that, um, sustains you. I want you to now make that point. This is what Jesus is saying to them. I want you to now understand all the bread you just ate, I am the spiritual bread that will satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. Yeah. So Jesus uses the physical to get to the spiritual. And I love that Jesus is holistic in his approach to people, not just, yeah. hey, I'm going to feed you and that's it. Or I'm just going to give you a message and that's it. He is like, nope, holistic. I'm giving you physical bread, but I want you to know that that's not enough. It's not what is going to sustain you in life uh, for the long part of the journey. Now I'm going to give you this other piece, this spiritual bread that will sustain you uh, forever. And I love that about Jesus. Uh, he truly is the bread of life, and he tries to get that over to the people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if we and if we think about that analogy of feasting on Jesus, relying on him, he says we'll never be hungry or thirsty again. And uh, you know, that feeling of being so full Yeah, there is, and even things you love, but you think, oh my goodness, I couldn't eat another bite. So if we are full of Jesus, yeah. we're not going to crave other things. If we are filling our minds, our hearts with his truths and coming to know and rely on his love, we don't have room for other things. If our identity is secure in who God says we are, then we're not going to look for our identity in other things. And if we are fully um, content in Jesus's God's provision for us, we don't have to look to other things for our contentment. So it is that full of Jesus, we've got no room for anything else. Yeah. We really won't hunger and thirst. And we're all aiming for that. That's yeah, a struggle yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus, yeah. you know, he, he, um, you know, he makes these statements unless, 
you know, you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he's trying to get them to understand um, he's not talking about cannibalism, but he, what he is talking about is that my life in you is is your life. And um, and, you know, they they get offended by that. Some of them walk away. Jesus reminds them, hey, his disciples, hey, listen, no one can come um, to me unless the father draws them to me. So so sometimes we get we 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 uh, get upset with the offense that people take with the words of Jesus. And I think, I think the rest that we have to in um, kind of enter into is that that takes the pressure off is that we have to be faithful to the process, faithful to preaching mm-hmm. the word, faithful to teaching, the, te- teaching the word, faithful to explaining it. And then let the father draw people to himself. And that really does take a lot of pressure off. We don't have to we don't have to give people hoops to jump through. We don't have to make sure that somehow we have um you know a dancing monkey or swinging from the chandeliers to draw people. Yeah. That's that's kind of you know the old way of doing people. Come just come and we'll get we'll give you a great show. And the truth is is that unless the spirit of God is drawing people, you know, to Jesus then all of the stuff that we do is pretty much in vain. And so so Jesus asked a question to his disciples after many of them walk away, will you also walk away? And Jesus says, and the disciple says, listen, no, we, you have the words of life. Where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they make a bold statement, which I, which I love. We, we talked about it. Uh, you, you drew that insight and, um, and they say, no, we're not going anywhere because of this. Yeah. In John 6, uh, 69, it says, we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Yeah. Um, actually, when we started this podcast, we were going through the book of John and we called it Believe yeah. because that is one of the key, that is what why John wrote it, that we would believe. And we see the disciples gaining that understanding. We even talked about on the boat. They're like, oh, this is a ghost. What is going on? But they're getting it. They're in, they are in process. And they, man, where else would we go? Yeah. We have yeah. come to believe and know. They're growing yeah. Yeah. in their experience of God. It's why we ask that question at the end of every episode. What can I believe about God, myself, and others? That is what we are looking as we're looking at scripture. We're coming to believe and know more and more of who he is and how that connects to our lived day-to-day experience. And 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 again from um from the last episode even to now, the feeding of the 5000 until uh, with Jesus walking on the water, he's trying to get them to understand um everything I've been trying to teach you whether it's about the loaves, whether it's about um the healing, the the raising individuals from the dead. I'm trying to get you to understand my identity, who I am. And you just mentioned it. You know, we have come to believe and know um, you are the Holy One uh, of God. I, I love your statement just a few minutes ago. We are growing. Mm-hmm. Growing is, was is, is it present perfect? Uh, it is, I think it's think present so. perfect. And it is, it is an ongoing process. Yeah. So for those who are listening and you're struggling with, you know, I'm feeling stuck or I'm feeling in a rut. 
it, it is about a consistent growing. We will never, ever arrive. And yet these disciples are growing. They're coming to know who he is day by day, episode by episode, miracle by miracle, teaching by teaching. Mm-hmm. They're they're giving a little bit more over more of their lives over to Jesus and say, yeah, not only did we be, not only do we believe it, we're placing our weight on it. We have come to actually know it. Like, like you can wake us up in our sleep at night and we would know, we would say, yeah, that's Messiah. That's the Holy one of God. And so, um, so I love the fact that this is a process. This is a journey that we're on as we grow together. Yeah. So what can (laughs) we believe about God, ourselves and others from this passage? Yeah. I, I think one of the things that encourages me is, um, is that Jesus is in fact, um, Lord over, over nature. Um, he, he walks on our chaos and there, there are days where I don't see him walking on my chaos. Um, but I, I know that he does. I know that he walks on my chaos in a way that, um, that allays my fears, that allays my chaos, the chaos in my own heart. And, um, and that he invites us, he invites, he invites us to follow him, Mm -hmm. uh, even into the chaos. Yeah. And just the, another angle that we talked about that he meets us in the middle, whatever we, whatever is going on, um, the circumstances we find ourselves in, he will meet us there and we can also step in. He invites us to step in to follow him and to continue to grow, to get to know him in a deeper level. And that, that does take some initiative on our part to step into that. Uh, Peter did it not perfectly by any means, but he stepped in and, uh, that, it's what I want to do too. Yeah. yeah. It's a good episode. Great one. Thank you, friends, for joining us. Remember, there is a reading plan where you can have the passages read along with us. Um, spend some more time over the week studying these passages. You can download that and uh, continue to learn and grow with us through this series. 